today we're talking about the deity dilemma. Jesus Christ is God. Now, this morning as I walked up, if I were just to say, now ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen carefully. I have a statement I want to give you. Jesus Christ is God. Most of us would have sat and just, yeah, I got it, preacher. We got it. Let's move on. Something else. I I got that down. But the truth of the matter is that one statement is so powerful and so pivotal and so critical, we should have shouted the house down. If we really understand the gravity of that statement, And the weight of it, Jesus Christ is God. Let's talk about that. Our text, our passage here, John 14. Look at what is going on here in the context. This is the, we call it the Last Supper. It's when Jesus experienced and shared this meal This Passover meal with his disciples, it is crucifixion eve. Jesus is about to go away. And he has told his men, the eleven now, because Judas has already left the room, he's told his men that he's going away. They're troubled, they're anxious, they're worried. And he says in verse 4, Where I go you know and the way you know. Verse 5, let's pick up our reading there. Thomas saith unto him. Now stop right there. Thomas, his disciple Thomas. What is it that we know Thomas for? (laughs) Isn't that amazing? All of us said that about the same time. Doubt. Do you know Thomas was a good dude? He was. He was solid. Do you know that Thomas went on to later give his life as a martyr? (laughs) And isn't it amazing that he's known as soon as I said his name, you had certain thoughts that ran through your brain, right? So did I. So he's known as the doubter. But here's what he said. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither or where thou goest. Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said, one of the most famous passages in the whole New Testament. Jesus saith unto him, and he's not just speaking to him, he's speaking to his disciples and to all of us today. I love this verse. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now notice verse 7. If ye had known me, you should have known my Father also. He's saying, listen, if you really, really know me like you say you know me, then you know the Father. And from henceforth, ye ye know him, and I've seen him. Jesus said, now you've seen the Father. And they're looking around even more puzzled. (laughs) Notice what it says in verse 8. Philip, Philip's a good dude. But Philip, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. In other words, Lord, if you show us God the Father, that's going to satisfy us. It's going to answer all of our questions and everything's going to be good. 
If you just show us the Father, you keep saying that we've seen the Father. You've said that we know the Father. Lord, just show us the Father. In verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Philip, we've been together three and a half years. Have you not been listening? Have you not been watching? Have you not been in tune with what's been going on? I think sometimes the Lord says that to me and says that to you. Have you not been paying attention? He says, Philip, have you not been aware of what's been happening? And then he makes this statement. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? (laughs) Believest thou not that I am in the Father? And the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey guys, if you're not going to believe me and take my word for it, think. Think about all the works that you've been privy to be an eyewitness to. All the things you've seen me do. All the demonstrations of the undeniable power of God. No man could have done this, guys. I'm not just a messenger sent from God. I'm not just a good teacher. I'm not just a prophet. No, I am God in the flesh. I am God. If you've seen me, you've seen God the Father. Friend, that's what the deity of Jesus Christ is. It's the doctrine, the teaching, the belief that Jesus Christ is God. I want to say this to you just by way of introduction, that that is a controversial doctrine. Believing that Jesus Christ is God is controversial. You see, Mormonism says that Jesus possessed the powers, and this is their own direct quote, the powers of a God. Now, wait a minute. That's not what the the Bible doesn't say Jesus is a God. The Bible says Jesus is God. The Jehovah's Witnesses According to their corrupt translation of scripture, uh, it quotes John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was a God. That's what their translation says. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll have you know that uh, in the Greek language, it is very, very explicit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And it does not say, and it does not imply that the word was a God, it says specifically, and our translation translates it very accurately, the word, Jesus Christ, was God. Judaism says that Jesus was a wise teacher. Islam says that Jesus was just a prophet. John Lennon said this about Jesus, that he was a garlic eating, Spaniard, fascist, bastard, illegitimate child. He also went on to say, John Lennon, Christianity will go 
it will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue with that. I'm right and I'll be proved right. We're more popular now than Jesus is. I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. Well, and I am sad to report to you. Tragically, Mr. Lennon was killed and he passed off the scene. But Jesus Christ still lives. You know why? And again, I don't say that sarcastically. Because Jesus Christ is God. And nobody, hear me, nobody is going to outlive him. Nobody can dismiss him away. Jesus Christ is God. It's a controversial doctrine. That's why the mainstream media, again, I'm not trying to be politically charged today because this, this is not a political sermon. But that's why the mainstream media doesn't like and doesn't agree with the fact that Jesus Christ is God. Our culture doesn't like the fact, it doesn't want to allow debate on the issue that Jesus Christ is God. Secularism wants to dismiss Christ and assign him to a place alongside of all the other religious leaders and religious movements in history. But can I tell you, let's do that. Let's line up Jesus alongside of all the other religious leaders of the day or of bygone days. And I promise you this, my dear friend, Jesus Christ triumphs head and shoulders above any movement or man or woman this world has ever seen. Why? What's so special about Jesus? Well, Jesus Christ is God. It's a controversial doctrine. Even some uh, 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 liberal denominations want to argue and want to deny the fact that Jesus is not God. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you simply the Bible, the Word of God, which states emphatically over and over and over and over again that Jesus Christ is God. It's a controversial doctrine. I want to say it's a cardinal doctrine. This doctrine is the key that unlocks all other doctrinal doors in Christianity. Scholar G.C. Burkauer said, The heart of the Christian religion pulsates in the confession that in Jesus Christ, in the incarnation of the Word, God truly came down to us. Robert Peterson from Ligonier Ministries said there is no more important biblical truth for the life and health of the church than the deity of Christ. John MacArthur said no man in history is more perplexing or compelling than Jesus Christ because no other man is also God. He's the God-man. It's a controversial doctrine. It's a cardinal doctrine. But gang, listen carefully. It's a clear doctrine it's it's clear why do we claim that Jesus is God well because he claimed he was God and his resurrection verifies that claim 
He claimed to be God. He possesses the divine attributes as God. He allowed and even commanded worship of himself as God. He used and responded to titles only used for God himself. He claimed to be sinless as God himself. He made promises only God could keep. Promises to forgive sin. Promises to send the Holy Spirit. Promises to answer prayer. Promises to give eternal life. And only God could do that. It's crystal clear. Jesus Christ is God. He said of himself in John 10 that I and my Father are one. He says in our text, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So I want to give you three statements this morning. First of all, Jesus in his deity is the exclusive way to the Father. Notice what he said in verse 5. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know the way, and how can we know the way? And Jesus answers very directly, very clearly in verse 6. Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There are seven what we call I am statements by Jesus in the Gospel of John. This is number six, but it is very crystal clear. Hey, I am the way to the Father. You can't get to God the Father unless you come through Jesus Christ. You can't come through any other figure. You can't come through good works. You can't come through self-righteousness. You can't come through church membership. You can't come through baptism. You can't come any way apart from Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to get to the Father by going this way. No, friend, you're not going to get to the Father any way unless you come through the door. Jesus said, I am the door. Unless you come through the door to the Father through himself, through Jesus Christ. You only come through Jesus. I'm convinced a lot of people in our American culture, our Western culture, they want heaven, but they don't want to go through Jesus. Well, friend, I say this with love, but I say it with God's authority, and I don't apologize for it. You can't get to heaven, and you can't get to the Father, and you can't atone for your sins, and you can't deal with the greatest issue that faces mankind And that's not world hunger, it's not poverty, it's sin. Unless you come through Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. He's the exclusive way to the Father. If you're here this morning without Jesus Christ, you've never trusted him for your soul's salvation. You've never placed your total faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. You cannot get to heaven, friend, without him. You can't get to God unless you come through Jesus. He's not another Buddha. He's not another religious leader. He's God. Jesus Christ is God. And he's the exclusive way to the Father. Secondly, Jesus Christ as God is the express image of the Father. We see that in verses 7 through 9. 
If you had known me, you should have known my father also, he said. From henceforth, you will know me, or know you know him and have seen him. Philip says, Lord, show us the father, and we're going to be chill about it. Show us the father, and it's going to be okay. And Jesus says, have I been so long with you? Have you been so dull of understanding that you don't know that when you're looking at me, when you're seeing my face, you're seeing the face of God. When you're hearing my voice, you're hearing the voice of God. When you see me work, you're seeing the works of God. When you look at me, you are looking at the Father. S.D. Gordon said, Jesus is God, spelling himself out in language that men can understand. I like that. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that God spoke in times past through the prophets, but now He has chosen to speak through His Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 3 He said, Who being the brightness of His glory, and here it is, the express image of His person. Listen carefully. The express image of His person. It literally means there in the text, it means an exact replica or reproduction. I want want you to hear me. I want you to get locked in right now. There's too much moving, too much going on right now. I'm not worth hearing or listening to, but that book I preach is. So I want you to lean in and listen for just a few more minutes. Unless it's an emergency. If it is, then you don't need anybody's permission. But let's just get settled for a few minutes. Is it okay if I ask you that? Okay. This is a silly illustration. But it's like if you have a picture up here of somebody and you have another duplicate an exact replica of the very same thing and that's what God the Father is saying I want you to know that Jesus my son is the very duplicate and exact representation and replica of me listen to Colossians Chapter 1, verse 14, down through verse 19, listen carefully. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God. Yes, we know that God is spirit. Yes, we know that God the Father is invisible. You can't touch him. You can't necessarily discern or see his figure or his form. He doesn't have one. He has glory, but he doesn't have a body. And so God the Father sent Jesus Christ, His Son, God the Son, in the flesh so that now God has a face. God has hands. God has feet. God has a body. He is the very replica of the invisible God. A.T. Robertson said Jesus is the very stamp of God the Father. The firstborn of every creature, for by Him, listen to this, listen to how all this can be attributed to God the Father as well. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things consist or are held together. He is the head of the body. He's the head of the church. 
who was the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, should all fullness dwell. That's speaking about Jesus. He's the head of the church. He's the image of God. And then I close with this. Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches us in this text, is the exclusive way to the Father. Jesus is the express image of the Father. And Jesus, number three, is the explicit representative for the Father. Verse 10, he says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? He said, The words that I speak unto you are not of myself. The works that I perform, he said in verse 11, are from the Father. He's the very representative of the Father. We understand that he spoke the Father's words. What we are reading, what we are hearing, and what the disciples heard, and what the people heard there in Israel were the words of God the Father spoken through Jesus Christ. But not only was he speaking the Father's words, he was doing the Father's works. He was God's representative. And he's representing God the Father to you today. And he's speaking to you. So let me give you the takeaway, then we're going to pray. You see, the truth of all this affects everything. Because if this is not true, then this is all a sham. But hear me, if it is true, then it changes everything. It changes our belief system. It changes our eternal destination. It changes our behavior. It changes our decision making. It changes our future endeavors. It changes everything. How does it change everything? Well, first of all, it means that the cross settled it all. Because it wasn't just a man dying on the cross. It was God. And the cross settles it all. Can I just stop here and say, there's somebody sitting right here this morning, and what you need more than anything else, you need Jesus. You need to be saved. You need to not just believe it up here, but believe it in your heart that for God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he died for you. He died in your place. He took your place. And if you have yet to place your trust and faith totally in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then you need to be saved today, right now. We're going to do something right now. I want you to bow your head with me.